Hello. Hello, may I speak to Brendan Gardner, please? <laughs> this is this is Brendan. This is Ed Pierce. Hi, Ed. <laughs> how are you? Okay, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. <laughs> hey, um, this is a busy week, so I thought I'd just check in with you, see how you were doing. Uh, I'm fine now. It's I'm on my weekend. I have a I have an odd schedule at work. I work nights, and uh, I am off Thursday night and Friday night. When the rest of the world is just kind of uh, winding down from the work week, um, mm -hmm. and so I'm a little bit off, off, uh, out of pace with everybody. But um, yeah, I'm all I'm very fresh feeling and uh, rested. I just had a ham sandwich and a, a nice drink. Um, I see. Yeah. <laughs> bye. <laughs> so you work you work nights. That yeah, must, work. that must be uh, odd. Yeah, you're. It is odd. Uh, you're definitely out of step with. Um, the rest of the world and um more to the point with if you're married with your partner um like we're, we're tired at different times so mm. at least uh like when you both when you're both uh sort of regular day people um you're cranky at the same time and if you're if you're fighting you kind of know why you're fighting it's like all right it's 4 30 we're both hungry and a little bit drowsy and, but when you're out of step with each other one of you will be cranky and then the other will be very fresh and like at your best. So sometimes it's a, it's an unfair fight because the person <laughs> who has the better handle on their faculties is probably going to win and not get emotional and use better reasoning. So, mm -hmm. uh, what do they call that? Um, when there's, uh, in a war, when the, this, this, what is that? Asymmetric. Asymmetrical. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're often fighting with a different arsenal. Do you find that you're that there are a lot that there are a lot of fights? No, no, <laughs> not yes. too many. Mm, that's good. No, we we have a pretty good. Um, we recognize that we're going to be frustrated with each other sometimes. And, mm. Yeah, but uh, there's other things about night work that's nice. I mean, you, I find myself at Jewel at strange times. <clears throat> like um, I'm there with all the retirees in the morning on my, on my way home from work. Oh, um, they're all very early risers and. Um, it's just me and them. And is, uh, is Jewel open all night, or is it the one by me? Uh, is starts it opens, <laughs> it starts opening. It <laughs> opens at six. That's the other thing. Language is tricky. Uh huh. Hey, I often don't have a good grasp of nouns. I yeah, I've got a real early case of just like snapping my finger <laughs> at something. Uh, yes. Saying the name of it. It's a, it's a funny thing. Adjectives are okay, but the nouns go when you're overtired. And, uh, yeah, they, they open at six and, uh, you get to go there and you have this sort of a drunk feeling because you're a little bit strung out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, a few days ago I was there and the, <laughs> I don't know, you, you, I, you get to sort of encounter the world as a, encounter the world as a drunk person. Uh, <laughs> I saw at the chef's kitchen counter, there were some, um, you know, they're prepared, they have prepared foods there and like, hot fried foods mm. and uh i they, they saw they had some onion rings and i said well i don't normally get i know you're not supposed to get onion rings at jewel you're supposed to get them at a restaurant but <laughs> why not you know i'm i'm drunk feeling <laughs> so i ordered a handful so i could eat them while i shopped and the woman said, <laughs> but i thought i was doing okay but the woman threw me for a loop she said do you want them uh wh which ones do you want the, the big ones or the crispy ones and i I, I thought that's a choice. What do, what do people <laughs> what do people usually say? I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. It just seemed like a um, 
I seemed like I was being asked if I liked summer days or Fridays better. <laughs> like, like, what kind of, what kind of, uh, what kind of car do you like, sweetie? You like convertibles or blue cars? <laughs> I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> so what, did, what did you go with? <laughs> I, I don't, honestly, I don't know what I said. Mm-hmm. I knew I had, I knew that there had, there was a choice that had to be made. So I just said something. D- and they let you, they let you purchase it and walk around eating it? Is, yeah. That's okay. You, you just make sure to, uh, you're very aware that you're being watched. Mm-hmm. Do you and have to, do you have to pay for it right then or do, or do you just, Oh no, no, you eat them. And then you, um, I'm talking like I do this all the time. <laughs> you, <laughs> what you do is no, you eat them and then you just keep the bag. But oh. if you're feeling like you want to take a little chance on not that I'm getting away with something. You can crumple the bag, I guess, and throw it behind some jars of something mm-hmm. on a shelf. But And now you wouldn't be able to do that with an apple, right? Because it just no, goes away. No, and not, not unless you did a weigh-in before you came in <laughs> and then a way-out. Sure. Like, a, the, like that, a heavyweight, heavyweight uh, title. Yes. You know, but wasn't there something in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy... Mm-hmm. where there was a planet that was so popular uh, as a tourist attraction that they were losing, the planet was losing mass because people would go there and eat and they would leave and the planet was shrinking. And so they had to do a weigh-in and <laughs> to make sure you were eliminating, I guess. I think so. That sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. Those those books were hilarious when you were a freshman in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I haven't read them since high school. Yeah, they're they're, they're like the best. And then you get to college, and it's like psh, Douglas Adams. Yes. <laughs> so what do you what do you what do you read, uh, Ed? What are you doing these days? What are you reading? Um, <laughs> that's a uh, uh, nothing. Oh, that's all right. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I have a big pile of books. I have a big pile of New Yorkers. Yeah. Uh, because we have that subscription. And and books, and I just don't get to any of them. Do you feel like you would have done better on Jeopardy 18 years ago? Yes. Although, I will say this. I was watching it two days ago. Yeah. And I got every question right that the contestants got right in, in, oh. in the first round. And then I had to leave, so I don't know how I would have done in the second round. I used to think I would be awesome on that show, but... I realized at one point that I wasn't counting my wrong guesses. <laughs> but just I was just carpet bombing the the board with answers, and I would get a lot of them. But um, apparently, you know, we I don't know if you know Scott Goldstein at all mm-hmm. from the Second City I.O. Um, mm. He was on the show, and um, he said I was reading on his social media uh, page, his Facebook. Um, he was talking about um how difficult the show is you have to really click at exactly the right time yes it's not a matter of having the right answer you can click a half a second early and um so you could go on there and look like a total dummy but mm-hmm. it was it could be just a matter of not clicking the right way have you ever have you been on any game shows <clears throat> no but i did i auditioned for um who wants to be a millionaire really because i do <laughs> um, but that's not enough. that was not enough to get me on the show oh I made it as far. I passed the written test, and I made it as far as a person-to-person interview with a producer. And uh, I was, uh, I think, a little too. I may have hemmed and hawed. I either hemmed and hawed too much, or I talked like a machine gun too much. I can't recall which. 
Huh. So I don't, they didn't want me. Really? My wife got further. She got to the on-camera interview before she punted. And, um, yeah, I think they're looking for a certain type. Like, it, I think they're looking for a um, uh, more of a Price is Right type personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to have to just keep the job and uh, keep clipping coupons. So you, so you think you perhaps played it too cool? You weren't excited enough? Yeah, for sure. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it is television. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you're... You're obviously smart enough to be on the show. I mean, I mean a lot come of people. On. I, I will accept the compliment, but I will also <laughs> say that a lot of people are, and uh, yeah, they want a certain type, I guess. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, but you know, my favorite game show is the um, uh, the pyramid. The pyramid. Yes. Is yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Is it? It's called something else, though, right? Well, is now it... it is just called the pyramid. Oh, it is because they stopped. They didn't want to put a dollar figure on it anymore i guess oh you know but it used to be the twenty five thousand dollar pyramid and then i think fifty thousand or something yeah and i was almost on it uh back when john davidson was the host oh yeah john davidson of uh that's incredible uh, yes yeah My, <laughs> i guess uh, that one <laughs> he's i know his name very well because i reference him i like to think that my hair has a, a pretty wide range for it can go it looks good short or long but yeah. The truth is, when it gets real long, it gets into the John Davidson phase where I'm just, I'm not fooling anybody. It does not look good. So, yeah, I've, I've kept his name alive. <laughs> you... Yes, uh, his and uh, Bobby Sherman, they have kind of the same hair. Uh, who's Bobby Sherman? Uh, same same kind of deal, a singer, same era. They, they, they look a lot alike, but he never became a game show host, so his celebrity kind of died out. Uh, so how did you almost get on the show? You know, I auditioned, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and I uh, just auditioned uh, with, with one of my roommates, and they liked both of us, but then they went on summer hiatus or something like that, and they said, all right, you know, we come back in uh, September, we'll give you a call, we'll set it all up. And the show never came back. It went, it went off the air. Oh, no. Yeah. So... And, and it's my favorite game show. I mean, I had, you know, I, my roommate and I, we were practicing every day. We would, we would videotape oh, no. the show. We would videotape the, re, the Dick Clark reruns of the show to practice. Yeah. And uh, didn't get on. Although that, the talent coordinator for the show went on to a different game show uh, and did call me, and I got on that game show then. Oh, you see, nothing's ever for nothing. That's right. That's good. <laughs> and I won a... Uh, I want a couch and a, a year supply of, of Mon Cherry candies. Oh, I like those. <laughs> oh, you know what I won recently? What? I won I won bread for a year. <laughs> yeah. From uh from Panera Bread. Really? Now yeah, I won it at a uh, a raffle. Is that their Lame is uh, promotion? <laughs> <laughs> Pursued for a year. Yeah. <laughs> Pursued by a vengeful, uh, yeah, no, uh, it's a, it's a, they, it's their, it's their standard corporate, um, like you call them for a donation for your silent auction or your event. Uh, so I was very excited. We won a number of things at this raffle actually. So I, I'm, I don't want to be a complainer about this, but <laughs> I did go up and get the certificate. Now, what do you think that bread for a year denotes? What, what are you expecting? Um, 
bread for a year that you could like maybe go in every five days or something and get a loaf of bread, something like every, that. Every 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 week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's a loaf of bread a month. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to be an ingrate. I don't want to be an ingrate. But it doesn't mean that I, I'm not going to be. I, I don't have a choice in the matter. I, so I was like, "What is this? This this nice little boon that I just got is anyway." Um, I felt a little jilted. Sure. Not not enough to. Now I am a letter writer. I will write letters, but I. I did not, uh, I think I got kind of up in arms about this, and someone told me that there's actually a place on the west side where that Panera sponsors where you can go in and get any bread you want and pay whatever you can. So it's basically free bread. So when I heard that, when I heard that it, it uh, you know, I'm like, oh, stupid perspective. So that sort of took the wind out of that uh, angry sail. There's a place on the west side, is there? Uh, yeah. So I was like, yeah, uh, maybe I won't write this angry letter. <laughs> Does, I wonder if Panera, you know, in every major city that picks one, one store where they'll just give away bread then. Well, it's not a store. It's, it's actual like, um, it's just set up for, it's like a, what would you call it? It's a, it's a charitable oh. like outlet. You just basically go and you. And I guess supposedly it does pretty well. People like the idea so much they just go in there and they'll overpay for bread so that others can get free bread. Oh, yeah, isn't that nice? <laughs> so nice. Here you thought you'd be calling me and I'd be making you laugh, you know, just tugging at your heartstrings. Uh, yes. But I did write an angry letter to Pizzeria Uno because we were driving back from North Carolina last year, and uh, my wife's a vegetarian, and that kind of limits the. the stops we can make mm -hmm. and so i finally i see a roadside sign for you know at this stop there will be these different amenities and one of them was pizzeria uno and i thought oh that's good i'm from chicago that's going to be a familiar nice taste and we went in there and it was worse than like high school cafeteria pizza it was really awful uh and i i did i wrote a letter and they sent me a certificate uh, or a gift card or whatever they sent me some gift cards uh, and the guy was very apologetic, and he thanked me for my input. And I just felt like a little busybody, but uh, I've got my I've got my uh, little cards now. But your reward is more of the pizza you didn't enjoy. <laughs> no, no, no. I that was it was the, whatever franchise that was there in the middle of Ohio or West Virginia. Uh, that product. My whole complaint was it wasn't even close to the product I'm used ah. to in Chicago because ah, it's okay. pretty good. I mean, it's. Pretty good. You know, you go down to mm -hmm. whatever the neighborhood is, River West or something. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I'll be getting some restaurant, some good restaurant pizza instead of this, uh, the stuff that we had on the road. Your wife's vegetarian. She is vegetarian. Yeah. And she, yeah. Um, she asked me, she asked me what it is that I used to eat when I was single. And I, I don't even know. Yeah. I just used to eat, uh, I don't know, whatever going through drive-thrus. I think I used to keep a drive-thru bag in my car and I would just stuff the other drive-thru bags in there. <laughs> like That was my trash bag. And if you opened it, you would just find other drive-thru bags in there. So, like Russian dolls. Like what? Russian, like Russian uh, dolls. nestling dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Like Russian dolls. Uh, I did go and get a health screening recently be uh, because of work. Mm. Um, and I was terrified that I would have some surprising disease 
I'm a pretty skinny guy. I look fit um, on paper. <laughs> uh, yes. Like I, I mean, as an example, right now I have a Bank of America Chicago Marathon T-shirt on, uh-huh. and I I don't know how we got this shirt. I think my wife may have gotten it somehow, but it fits me, and it people I like when people see me in it, and I don't like when they ask me though if I run the marathon because I have to say no. <laughs> Because I'm afraid that they're a runner and they'll they'll want to talk about it. Sure. So if they ask me directly, I'll say, no, I just have this shirt. But if they don't ask and just raise their eyebrows, I'll just raise mine right back. Like, yeah, I'm a marathoner. So <laughs> well, well, you do like a few stretches maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I try to have a look on my face like I can afford $150 um, sneakers. <laughs> um <laughs> Now, I want to ask you more about this uh, vegetarian thing. Yeah. Do you two even eat at the same times? Oh, I'm not... Uh... With your work schedule? Oh, that's a good question. I I will come home and eat a little cereal or something, although I'm finding out that I'm lactose intolerant, so i got to change that. Uh, but, um, I, yeah, I'll come home and eat a little cereal and get up, and I'll have some... I don't know. I guess you'd call it lunch. I try to keep... Even though... I sleep at, at odd times. I still more or less try to observe meal times. Like I'm not eating, you know, scrambled eggs at seven o'clock at night before I go to work, mm-hmm. uh, unless that's what's for dinner. Uh, right. But, no, I'll, I'll get up and have a little bit of lunch, and then I'll, I'm hungry enough. At uh, well, something else. We also have uh, just through bad planning or laziness, uh, we tend to have we tend to eat dinner like Spaniards, which is like very, very late. Ah. So that does okay for me, but um, that does stretch the day out a little bit because it's nice to have dinner done and everything put away and have an evening, but uh, we haven't really done that too much. So yeah, we'll, we'll have dinner at the same time. The boys and I will sometimes have a little bit of meat. Mm-hmm. I'll cook it. Uh, and um, eh, I don't know. A lot of cheese, a lot of beans. Right. Uh, the young one, uh, six-year-old, does not like uh, too much variety, so he's, it's a little bit of a challenge. Mm, mm-hmm. The older one is indiscriminate and like a, he just sucks. It, <laughs> he just sucks it all up. Uh, and uh, I almost prefer the way the younger guy eats because at least he's picky. And uh, I'm not sure the older one even likes what he's eating. He just <laughs> he's just shoving it in. Uh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> so you weren't you weren't working last night then. I was not. I was uh recovering. So you weren't you weren't at work when when any of those um cruise ship people came home and you know were all, you know, had nasty attitudes and everything. Oh, you think I never it didn't occur to me that some of them would have been flying back to Chicago. Yeah, I saw a thing in the uh paper they've started interviewing the locals who were on the boat already. Yeah, no, I was not there. Um, gosh, I would have liked to have been. I would have been. Uh, <laughs> I would have just liked to have gone up to them and told them about uh, growing up in my family. Uh, and my, uh, I grew up with twelve brothers and sisters, and I would have just thrown it in their face that you know what you think you had it hard for five days, and then I would have just told them my story and you know. Really? Basically, you, know, you just would have pulled them aside. <laughs> yeah, and said, "Here's some perspective for you, okay? That lasted for five days. This is how it was for me for." Until I went to college, and I would have given them, you know, I may, they would have felt better. Would have just yes. Felt better. <laughs> well, now, 
13, you said? 13? 13, yeah. Oh, uh, my goodness. How many bedrooms did you have? How many parents? But no, <laughs> bedrooms. <laughs> uh, five bedrooms. Uh, at, one, at, one, at one point, uh, did you ever see the movie Down by Law? Yes. Okay, the prison cell. They, they're in this prison cell, right? The three, uh, there's mm-hmm. two sets of bunk beds and there's three inmates. And they, they, they escape and they go through the swamp and they find some little hunter's cabin, which is, and they go in and it's the exact same dimensions as the prison cell yeah. <laughs> and the same bunk layout. Well, that looked like my bedroom for a few years. Um, we had uh, not two sets of bunks, but one set of bunk beds and then a single so there was three boys in a very small space. And if you, if you got out of bed at the same time, you would, you know, you'd knock heads and fall back into your bed. Um, and there were, at, what, at one point, there were five girls in one bedroom. And, five girls in that bedroom? No, in one bedroom upstairs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They, they never did have to sleep, uh, you know, Grandpa Joe and Grandpa Joe style. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was close. Everybody's here. Everybody's here? Thanks, Jack. Okay, we're having a little bit of a. Uh, some friends are over with their kids, so ah. Jack, just let me know that everyone's here because I've been up here for twenty minutes or so. Uh, so yeah, I was musing about that uh, today on social media, which I like to. I like to call Facebook. Uh, <laughs> it sounds a little fancier. It sounds yes, less like it, a, it sounds less like an, an addiction when you call it social media. Yes, I was musing about uh, the fact that uh, yeah, we had to. I had to paw through a. Um, uh, a box in the linen closet where the gym shorts were kept because we had common gym shorts <laughs> when I was in grade school. Uh, some of them were legacy gym shorts from older siblings that uh, uh-huh. the elastic wasn't quite what it used to be and <laughs> there would be a safety pin in the in the waist. And I've always been pretty skinny, so it was important for me to get a, a good fitting pair of shorts. I didn't want one that looked like a, a skirt on me. Right. Because it's, it's not easy to have uh, pale skinny legs when... The world doesn't want you to have pale, skinny legs. So, and you, and you don't want to wear suspenders with uh, gym shorts. No, no. <laughs> Unless you, we, you, if you call them braces, maybe that would be uh, a little fancier. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I had some hardships. So we had some privations in my house, but uh, we didn't really know it until uh, I don't know until I went to college and started getting asked about it directly. But how yeah. it was? Well, so. Which which uh, are you the oldest or? Uh, I am the eighth. I'm I'm number eight in age, and uh, we think number three in looks. <laughs> we think, we have, <laughs> well, I, yeah, that's. I, I want to ask you about that. It's not a settled matter, but I I'm saying th- third. Did you? Um, how many were there all at the same time? That. Uh, never 13. Uh, mm-hmm. it was 12, I think at one point, the oldest brother went to the Navy. The what's the, what happened here? The oldest brother went to the Navy. My youngest sister was born and then my oldest sister got married, mm-hmm. uh, a few months later. So very briefly, there were 12, mm-hmm. um, but, but usually the, like 10 running around. Yeah. Around. Yeah. It, it, it the mean the mean number was ten or the median or whatever you want to call. So did you feel you because you are you are good looking? Oh, you're well. You're not you're not too hard to look at either. Ed. <laughs> so did you uh, did you feel I, I you know you had you probably you didn't know it at the time but you had scarce resources. So did you feel you had to use your looks to compete 
<laughs> use my looks. Oh man, um, to compete on the uh, you know to get food or whatever. Oh no, no, but definitely you had to be able to um, give a good give a good account of yourself as far as uh, I don't know wit. You had to you had to be on your toes. Somebody was always taking a shot at you, you know, telling you this or that, and you had to be able to answer back. So. Oh, uh, I kind of had my guard up. In fact, you know my friend Mike Ross pretty well. Mm-hmm. We had some friction early on. We went to high school together as well as college. Oh, and we had some friction because um, I was coming out of this environment where it was you know knives out and <laughs> you know <laughs> your your guard up and your knives out all the time. Yeah. And, um, he 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 preferred sincerity or yes. Like, you know, good intentioned people. <laughs> now I was good intentioned, but I was also, you know, I had to, I had my survival mode on all the time. So yeah, we sure. had some interesting, uh, misunderstandings. We call them that. Wow. Yeah. But, but, um, other than, other than Jim, Jim Ware. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. I, I don't want to paint a, uh, too scary a picture. How does that, I mean, how does it even, how many like bathrooms did you have? How does that work? Oh, well, we have, we have two bathrooms, but there, one was decommissioned for about two years while my dad worked on it. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, showering, uh, I've got a pretty high tolerance for, uh, I can go a few days without a shower because, uh, uh, yeah, you, you uh, the bathroom is in high demand. So, um, <laughs> We had a. On the other hand, when I am taking a shower, I think, mm-hmm. why don't I do this twice a day? This is great. <laughs> What's? What, I want to write myself a note. Like showering feels good. Uh, yes. It's just so easy not to. You just keep sitting there, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, watching TV. No. Do we have time for this? <laughs> what? Do we have time for me to explain how we're not a TV family? Oh, sure. Well, it'll take about 10 seconds because uh, actually it's pretty unbearable to hear people talk about how they don't watch TV. So, No, go, uh, please go right ahead. No, I'm sensitive to that. I don't uh, – we we just decided um, when the kids were born uh, that there was no way we were going to compete with a TV. Mm-hmm. So we decided to eliminate <laughs> eliminate the competition. Really? Yeah. I mean they watch they, – they're, they're media saturated. They watch videos on Netflix and – they have an hour and a half of um, no. Wait a second, two hours. They have two hours a day of um, or is it an hour? I don't know. My wife sets the policies. I just sternly, <laughs> you know, agree. But um, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, they, they watch plenty of stuff on on the computer and. But uh, so you don't have uh, you don't have a television set even. We do because my father-in-law, um, my my in-laws my in-laws come to visit from hello other boy. I'm on the computer right now talking to somebody. Can you close? Why is it dark? Can you close the door? I'll explain later. <laughs> um, yeah, there, right there is the Harrison Bergeron effect. Uh, my my child, my children are both like these sandbags that I have to wear to keep me from excelling at anything. Uh, are you? From, do you know the story? The short story. Um, uh, it's either Vonnegut or Ray Bre- Is it Ray Bradbury? No, it's Vonnegut, I think. I think it's Vonnegut, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I don't know it. I've just heard. Well, it's a society. It's a future, it's a future society. Everybody 
what's prized above all else is oh, yes. equality and mm-hmm. And so anyone who has any abilities above and beyond anyone else's, have they have to be leveled out. Yeah. So if you're overly fast, you have to wear these like, you know, sandbags or um, if you have, if you're very intelligent, you have to have a, an implement in your ear where the government sends out these shrieking blasts of noise mm-hmm. every not every so often so that you can have your thought disrupted. So you'll be as only as smart as, as the dumbest person. And I feel like that's what the kids are a lot. They just are my, these shrieking blasts of sound. That, uh, I'll be talking to my wife about some New Yorker article, you know, like, uh, did you see the thing uh, about Malcolm? Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell, he wrote this thing. It's, it was really, f- and then it's just like, you know, because the kid is asking where he put his, uh, Lego ninja <laughs> yes. thing or, and then I uh, just look at her and, uh, we don't know what was happening or being talked about. And yeah, they're my little, uh, my, my sandbags or my shrieking blasts of noise. Uh, I see. Yeah, so yeah. Just we, my father-in-law, uh, I got it back. My father-in-law and mother-in-law, they come to visit, and he needs TV. He needs his nightly news. But you don't have, uh, you don't have cable hooked up or anything. No, we don't pay for cable. But he comes mm-hmm. and he's. We've got this little TV that we plug in a flat screen, like a desktop flat screen, and uh, mm-hmm. with rabbit ears, he gets his fix. And uh, your kids aren't. Um, uh, they haven't realized what they're missing yet. Uh I don't, they're not missing too much is my mm-hmm. point. I mean, we mm. have like movie night every Friday. Uh, they watch, they, 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 they like their, they like their cartoons. They've got um, a number of different series. They, and what's funny is now they've got things that we don't even, somehow they, we don't even know. They'll, they'll reference some show. We don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> so it is very much like they're just watching kid TV. You know, they're just on the computer finding these programs. So they do all right. It's the commercials that we don't, uh, we're not yes. crazy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're, we're happy we're not, um, we're kind of on the European model there, where they're, um, they're not being advertised to very much. Ah, yeah. but you growing up, I mean. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I, I know I'm, I'm, but it is funny though, because they're not conditioned to recognize the sales pitch yeah. or to sort of dismiss the commercial message. When they do see a claim made in the commercial, they come to us and tell us, like it's a fact. <laughs> you know what? This product will do this. And we're like, well, not necessarily. Like, <laughs> you should have learned this years ago. But <laughs> here's how it works, you know. Uh, but yeah, they're they're fairly they're fairly like naive. They're very like amazed. Like, do you know there's a product that will? <laughs> but I'm sorry. What were you going to ask, Ed? Oh, but uh, I was just going to say, but uh, but you growing up. Did, oh. Were you a television watcher? Oh, I would watch her. I, I, I just sat there. I just, yeah. I was actually known as a t- the TV bug in the house. Oh, really? I was content to, if it was meant to be funny, I was, a, I was just a consumer of comedy. Uh, I would read every single, every, every comic strip in the paper that was intended to be funny. I would read it out of right. So not the Phantom. No, but even if I didn't find them funny, if they were intended to be funny, I would read them out of duty. Yes. And the same with sitcoms. I would come home in my school uniform. We went to a, I went to Catholic school. I would come home. I wouldn't even change my, out of my uniform. <laughs> I'd sit there in this scratchy, you know, polyester shirt, watching Mork and Mindy and Taxi and whatever was on uh, until dinner time, and then a little bit beyond dinner, and then I'd be yelled at to do my homework. And mm-hmm. 
the report cards would come and it would say, uh, you know, I'm not reaching potential. And Well, but you were studying, you were studying comedy. I was. I wish mm -hmm. I could make a comp or something, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just sitting there. I was just watching and watching and watching. Boy, yeah, so many sitcoms, so many hours and hours. I used to do this thing, I mean, even as a little kid, where, uh, you know, it'd be my bedtime, but I would... I would somehow talk my parents into letting me stay up to uh, the beginning of the Tonight Show, uh, so I could see if there if I liked any of the guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just that right there, that was already like an hour past when I should have been in bed or something. Right. But then yeah. if it was someone like if they you know if if they had the Mighty Carson art players that night, or and they let you stay up. Mm hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I can recall the. Um... I can recall uh, my brother shushing me because uh, his name was John. I shared a room with him for years. Older brother. Excuse me, I got a Marco Rubio moment here. <laughs> I'm not getting I'm not getting emotional, by the way. I have gotten emotional remembering stuff like this, but <clears throat> I just had a dry throat. Um, he would. Uh, I remember being up on our elbows in the in the in the bed, listening for the "Here's Johnny." Mm -hmm. uh, we slept on the first floor and the, the, uh, the TV room was like the, the back room was three, three rooms away. And we would hear it just very, very faintly like, here's Johnny in the song. And then we go to bed. So no, I, I didn't, I didn't watch it too much. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about this today. How long has Jay Leno been the host? Was it 92 that Johnny retired or 94? Yeah, I think 94. Yeah. Gosh, that's a long, long time ago. Yes. Can, does, it, does it seem real that Jay Leno's been the host for almost, is it 20 years? Yeah. Uh, no, it does not seem real. No. <laughs> how has he, I'm, I, I'm not like, I know it's kind of tired to beat up on Jay, but how has he done it? <laughs> I like I like how you just call him Jay. Oh yeah, I'm in the comedy world. He's Jay. Sure. <laughs> By the way, I'm only in the comedy world now because I've gone back, I've, I've gone into stand-up now, but it's mostly uh, because my wife does not want to hear me explain the dreams I had when I wake up. Uh, <laughs> I think they're fascinating, and sh she cuts me off at about the five-minute mark and informs me or reminds me that uh, only the person who had the dreams finds them interesting. <laughs> but uh, So now I go on stage, and uh, <laughs> I try to sneak one explanation of a dream into every act. It's uh, my main reason. Uh-huh. So, well, how do you, do, I mean, do you do those um, noon open mics or? <laughs> there is, an, you know, there's an 11 o'clock a.m. open mic on Sundays. Oh, really? Yeah, you have to sign up ahead of time. It's at the Second City. You have to sign up ahead of time? <laughs> yeah. It, there's a, it, you have to get there at nine in the morning? No, no, no. You do it uh, online. Um, ah. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty in-demand little uh, uh, event. Um, I think it's because you don't have to sit there for three hours. It might mm -hmm. be the reason that it's popular. Um, I actually like, la I, I find open mic um, experiences, like I, I find the other comics funny for a variety of reasons. And mm -hmm. none of, I mean, never like in a vindictive way. Like I'm not, I'm not cruel, but sometimes I'm just laughing at, you can kind of see what they were going for. Yes. And you know that they had made themselves laugh at home. You can hear it. And, uh, uh, Sometimes I'm just I'm just laughing that someone would attempt to make a joke that they were attempting to make. And again, it's not like it's not meanness. 
but um, I'm genuinely having a good time. Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm the same way. And people think uh, that I'm an easy laugher. And it's not, it's not that. It's that you know, I, I can see the thought that's going into that <laughs> right. and the structure, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I'm appreciative. Sure. Whether or not it's a funny punchline at the end or whatever. Uh, do you, uh, are you aware that there is a, 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 re, a re, what would you call it, a remounting of the Twilight Zone on the radio? No. Yeah, there's, there's I'm like WLS 890 AM mm. in the middle of the night. And I don't, I don't know which nights it is, but I've caught it a few times. And it's, um, it's a weird, like kind of a hokey, it, well, it's radio drama. So it's hard not to sound too old fashioned, even mm-hmm. if you not to. But uh, there was one on, uh, it, was it the one? No, there was one with Stacey Keach, which was interesting. But um, the one that I was thinking about in relation to you was. Um, the monster on the wing. No, they're actually, I think they're original stories. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but this one, which was making me laugh, um, there was an old timer. There, there was a guy who was really like an old time foggy kind of a guy. And there was a younger guy. And they were both, um, gosh, they were both, what was it? They were working at some job. I think they were groundskeepers somewhere. And um, one of them was talking about how there was a baseball field on the site where they're not working. And the, yeah. old guy, the old guy was talking about how there used to be a baseball field, the baseball team. And he was leading into, so he was, this was like the preface for the radio drama that would, they were going to go back to an actual drama of the team's championship try. So, mm. but they were like, this is before the flashback. So this guy who sounded like maybe like uh, Henry Fonda from On Golden Pond, mm-hmm. he's talking to this kid and he says that, um, the kid said, oh, there was a team. He said, oh, yeah. He said, well, you, you were probably, what did he say? He said, you, you, you were probably just, you were probably just a year old. He said, and I was, uh, what was it now? I'm kind of losing my train here. But there was, <laughs> I guess the kid was about, the kid was 18. And this old guy was saying, you were just born at the time. And I was, whatever, I was 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Which would mean that the old guy was like 40. <laughs> And up until then, they kind of had me. Like, I was getting into it. And then the old guy's like this old, old crotchety guy who was 41 or 42. I'm like, hey, that's my age. <laughs> what is this crap? And I turned it off. You know? But uh, I just thought you'd be, at the very minimum, interested that there was a Twilight Zone radio drama now. Well, and on WLS. Yeah. I mean, that's... A historic station. I was a huge... Well, you were absolutely right to think that I would be interested in the Twilight Zone stuff because I was a huge fan of that, um, you know, growing up. Now, I listened to your, I listened to your first episode mm-hmm. of this. You mm-hmm. were talking about having a black and white TV. Mm-hmm. And my brother John and I, again, we used to sneak this TV up from the basement. It was a white, it had a white plastic body on it. And uh, uh, the screen was dark, as you'd imagine, yeah. So we used to sneak it up into the bedroom and put a uh, a coat hanger on the whatever <laughs> where the antenna used to be um and we'd watch twilight zone and uh yeah we were very interested those were great stories were you now why why was the sneaking happening were you not allowed to it was after it was after hours okay yeah um also uh what was on what, what else was on late 
all in the family was on late and uh, the honeymooners. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the TV would go off about 1130 or midnight or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there was um, we had our black and white. Um, how long, so how long are you keeping that TV? Is it just forever or what? Oh, no, I had to. Uh, uh, no, it's gone. Whoa! Since the con- since that conversation was recorded? No, no, no. Oh. I had to. I got rid of it um, uh, a few years ago. We sold it at a garage sale. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, and I wasn't. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where we weren't using it, and it was in the way. And you know, I was kind of talked into selling it. Um, <laughs> what? A, what? <laughs> What what's what information is being hidden with the passive voice here? What, uh... Well, you know, I, it was the right choice for our family, not oh. to have it around anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, I I miss it. Yeah, we we each have our um, we each have our twenty seven inch tube TVs that we brought to the marriage. Uh, our mutual dow- uh, dowries, <laughs> and neither one of them uh, is any. I mean, they're just collecting dust downstairs yeah i went to yeah. a i went to a resale shop in the neighborhood and she said that she's um she has like i don't know five or six of them and she's practically giving them away so she doesn't really want any more well they're only what 300 pounds yeah roughly yeah now i yeah. think i am gonna buy another vcr because my kids uh destroyed the one we had because i have a lot of vhs tapes so what do you i you can't just say that medium is completely defunct and everything on those tapes is you know do you have a vcr uh i do it's not hooked up though i think it's in the attic or something i think every man should have a black comb in his back pocket and a handkerchief in his front pocket and a vcr somewhere in the basement (laughs) yes you're right i have too many uh, legacy tapes legacy tapes yeah you Mm -hmm. know my dad used to say never um you should always have at least a quarter in your pocket for a phone call so yeah a quarter in your pocket a comb a handkerchief (laughs) The VCR. Do you feel? <laughs> do you feel your hair gets, uh, um, you know, must uh, frequently enough to justify the comb, though? Not, no, not that I'm. Uh, I'm six five now, so there's no one's really like giving me that, you know, tussling my hair. You know, I'm kind of above it all. You're right. Yeah. But but you don't know when uh, whatever the president's going to come back to Chicago and you'll run into him or something. Oh yeah, no, you never know. Not, not that I would ever get close. We have to. Uh, I was in the airfield once when he landed, and uh, they do this thing where you um, it comes over the radio that everybody has to just stop driving. So really? it's just a total like uh, freeze frame. Everyone's like uh, trapped in amber for about ten minutes, and then uh, <laughs> the only person moving is uh, the president and his entourage, and they leave, and then everyone resumes moving. Wow. Yeah. There's a whole, yeah, it's crazy. There's a whole, like, there's a whole mechanism for getting that guy around that um, is sort of behind the scenes. I think he's in town today, in fact. Oh, yeah, there's something. He's yeah. at, uh, in Hyde Park Academy or something? Or I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, 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 a woman that my wife works with, she, her, I think, daughter goes to school near there. Yeah. Not not even at the same school, but just nearby, and they uh, they uh, canceled school for today because they don't want they don't want anyone even in the neighborhood. Wow, that that should make it pretty exciting when uh, when the uh, 
when the first family moves back to Chicago, if they do, you know. I don't know if it's going to be quite as, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, there, there, it has to be ratcheted down a little bit, right? I mean, I would think so. You can't just have a neighborhood, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You don't, uh, yeah. Now, what about the Pope? Where's he going to live? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I was going to ask you because I assume, you know, Argentina, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, Ed. He was, he was a boy. He was a little boy. Yes. He was compelled. I think, you know what? I'm not a big defender, but you got on that count, you got to cut him some slack. I know. Yes, of course. Gosh, the stuff I did, you know, I once, I once, uh, gosh, I, I was doing a little bit of stand-up in college because our improv group. Oh, by the way, we're having a, um, you know, we're having a, do you know that we're part of that reunion for the. No. Yeah. The champagne. See you in the nineties. Champaign-Urbana in the nineties. Really? Spicy Clamato is part of that, yeah. Wow. We're the only non-musical act. Um, so, uh, yeah. You definitely... See, now, I was in a band back then. I'm surprised they haven't uh, called us, you know, to participate. <laughs> uh, do you think that he's called everyone he's going to call? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure, even if he hasn't, I'm sure we're way, way down on the list. This is just a reflex from being, like, a really encouraging parent. Like, you never know. <laughs> might not have called everyone. Buck up, Eddie. <laughs> uh, so, yes. So somehow we we got a gig at the Urbana Country Club, and um, I uh, I was doing a little bit of stand up then. I was doing something called like this ironically bad stand up, mm. where I would just I was just I would just fail, but I was very confident. So I didn't. I, I would just go up there and make these non jokes, and then look a little perplexed why people you know as to why no one was laughing yes which itself was funny and so you know it sort of buoyed me through the act but then i decided to start actually trying to do sincere you know make a sincere attempt at it so we um we got this gig for uh the uh, the improv group and it was an acapella group associated with our theater company so we we got that and i decided i would do a little bit of stand-up to warm everybody up but i was kind of cowed by the crowd audience because it was a country club and i totally mm. i totally pandered to what i thought they wanted to hear and became this like completely reactionary conservative dick and i'm, I'm to this day i'm so ashamed of it because even my friends were like whoa <laughs> I, I, it was so unconscionable I, I i remember saying uh something about i don't mind there being a safe like oh it's talking about social security or welfare and and it sounds like a parody, of, but I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that there is a safety net, but it just, sh it shouldn't be a hammock. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> and I made, I even ripped off an Irish comedian <laughs> from some Irish comedian tape that I had about, uh, I made a joke about some Irish comedian tape. <laughs> I said something about how the, uh, how these people, you know, these people on welfare, <laughs> yeah. they think that manual, they think that manual labor is the Spanish ambassador. <laughs> I mean, terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible on several counts, you know. And you were uh, twenty or something. I was twenty-two, twenty-three. So come on, Ratzinger, little boy, he was probably eight. He was doing what he was told. Sure. 
How did so? Did it? Did it go over well with the it crowd? Went over pretty well. One guy guffawed in the audience, so he loved it. But uh, no, my friends though were kind of shocked. Well, you have to know your audience. That's the number one rule. Yeah, but to but to an extent. I mean, you can't complete you can't completely pander. You know? No. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thanks. And you know, I, for all I know, I mean, I had them. I had them stereotyped. I, maybe that's just because they belong to a country club. You know, I just. I mean, I had seen Caddyshack. You know, I thought I was. I thought it was the upper crust. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have just been some regular folk from Urbana that right just wanted to be in a club, and you know. Well, happened, exactly. I mean, it is Urbana. They happen to all be white. You know. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. I'm sure they were probably all, um, you know, history professors. No, I mean, there's no. I, <laughs> I think it. No, they, I, I was probably half right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was probably half right. Well, I should let you go to your party. I know it's in progress. It's just a coffee clatch. <laughs> <laughs> that your that your kids are invited to. Uh, the younger one likes coffee and beer. <laughs> the, uh, he's a bit of an epicure. As we, as we established, the older one, indiscriminate consumer. The younger one is an epicure. Uh, he actually does. Uh, I actually. Yeah, uh, but I, I will go back to them and uh, I'll try to see if I can get into what they're talking about, the gals. And um, maybe I'll start going through some of the baskets of stuff that we gathered up. Um, all the clutter, you know? All the clutter? Oh, yeah. We had to clean the house. So we just we uh, just did the uh, gather and dump, you know, uh, in the spare bedroom. So I I'm going to start uh, rifling through those uh, baskets and seeing what, uh, what we've been neglecting for weeks. Now, do you feel like, you know, right before you go, do you feel like... Um, uh, in this situation, you know, you'll you'll go downstairs or whatever, and and all the women will be there. Do you feel like just a little bit you have to perform just a little bit for them uh, when you when you make your appearance? I think um, just as a like um, no, <laughs> like <laughs> I think uh, I, uh, the important the most important part of performing is a good timely exit. Yes, you have to go in. Say hello, be charming for a second or two, and then before they're sick of you, leave. Yes, yes. Which uh, I, have yet, I have yet to master at the age of 40. You know, the whole idea of always leave them wanting more. <laughs> I see. <laughs> what if I just, yeah, it's more like, what if I just said this one extra thing? I bet, I wonder if I would still have them, you know? <laughs> and then you just do that until you find out that you don't have them anymore. You know? Yes. So speaking of which, do I tell people about this conversation? Do you think it's a, you think it's a good thing to, Th- this um, right here? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You think you think it went well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love like just needy people? Like, tell me, tell me that was great. Tell me it was. It was fantastic. Yes. Ed, what do you think of people who, when they're getting off the phone, regardless of whether any useful uh, interaction happened or anything was exchanged? that benefited them, they yeah. will just say, they'll just say thanks. 
What do you think of those just, people? Because they're they're thanking you for just talking to them. I don't know what they're thanking me for, but they say, "Okay, thanks." Hmm. No. Yeah. Do you know anybody like that? I don't. Uh... You don't want to name names. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just like having to sell my television. I don't want to. Don't want to call anyone out on it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyone. Okay. Well. Uh... But you you have a. There are friends of yours who do that, and it and you can't stand it. Is that what you're saying? There was a friend of mine from college who did it, and um, it used to perplex me. Mm -hmm. And I think I've heard it a few times since then. When you, uh, you know, I have a hard time deciding how to end emails to friends. Oh, you know, there's a there's one that I've got now. Let's see, friends. Mm -hmm. I just put my name. Yeah. If but if there's somebody who is just slightly more than a business contact, but not quite a friend. Mm -hmm. I'll say yours, comma, <laughs> which sounds like an affectation, but it's pretty use. It's pretty useful. It's like, and it's like, what does that mean? Well, I'm I'm at your disposal. I'm yours if you need me. Oh, okay. It means like you know I'm uh, uh I'm at your service. Mm hmm. Pretty much. It's like yeah. Although if you were to write at your service, that's a little too. <laughs> you expect I wouldn't say that unless I had some leggings on and like a, you know a uh, yes a Robin Hood type hat or you know, something I could doff and well, as I bowed you know right as you laid your coat across a puddle yeah <laughs> so you were talking about letting me go and I'm uh, that, was, that probably would have been a good idea because I'm rambling and you have a great weekend thank you you too. All right. It was great talking to you, Ed. Great talking to you, too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye.